0: Hey guys, this is Jay, creator of Simon from Prozac. And this is James, creator of Milo. And you guys are listening to music from A to Z. (laughs) Hello
1: and welcome to the Music A to Z podcast. I am Steve Ferguson. Hello, welcome to the Music Age podcast, and I am Douglas Ferguson. Doug, how's it going? It is going pretty, pretty good. I'm pretty good? Sweet deal. Uh, yeah, so we're back. Happy New Year,
0: sir, Doug. Happy New Year, sir. Here we are, 2019. This is what, year four or five for us now, I guess, going in? Oh, wait, guess. we
1: started in 2014, didn't I we? I think so. Yeah. It was April? I think so. Wow. Yeah, it's so... like year five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we that's... still haven't gotten better. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we definitely stuck this around. Uh, I it was not, I, I did not commit to the um, the checking the gates podcast nearly as as much. Um, well, I, just because I wound up having too much other stuff to do. You have got so much stuff going on. <laughs> you know what? Let's get into some music news. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you hear who's releasing a new album? Maybe I did. Did I?
1: I don't know. Who? Wait, the who? The Who. Wow, it's been a while. It has been a while. Not 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 as long as their previous album break. No, Um, um, it it, was. This is their eleventh
0: studio album. First album new material in thirteen years. Oh, okay. That sounds about right.
1: Two thousand six or so. Um, Yeah, yeah. Endless wire, which was good, but in a lot of ways, a bit of a rehash of their really classic stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's just Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey. That's it. Well, I think the original other guys are.
1: Yeah, and, right and, and
0: whistle. Actually, I think I don't know if he died before Endless Wire, or... But anyways, it's just the two of them, basically. They're promising a lot. They promised, uh, according to the Guardian, they promised dark ballads, heavy rock stuff, experimental electronica, sampled stuff, and hoo tunes that began with the guitar that goes yang
1: dang Okay. Well, I mean, I'm curious. I'll, I'll listen to it for sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought Endless Wire would be the last one. <laughs> y- well, okay, Daltry
0: 74... And he said that the supporting tour could actually be the last one. He said that he has to be realistic that this is the age he's at, and voices do start to go after a while.
1: Well, you know, that would be a fun show to catch. Mm-hmm. Although I imagine really expensive. Yeah. I imagine that that's one this, that everyone's going to want to go to. And it's not like, they're not the kind of band that go, that tours all the time. Yeah. So I feel like as awesome as it would be to go see The Who, maybe I'm just not hardcore fan enough.
0: I think we had this conversation before in the past that you, was it The Who where you also felt that um, there's undoubtedly people who've been fans for decades who have never had a chance to go see them and you didn't necessarily feel right as a very casual fan going to take that seat? I've
1: ha- I have thought about that. Uh, I don't know if it was about The Who, but it was definitely about, uh, about somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of feel that way right now about Elton John's farewell tour. And that, like, I'm, I'm a very, like, very casual Elton John fan. Like, I there's I don't own any of his albums. I have a few tracks that I really like. Um, but um, it's, like, his farewell tour. And I'm like, that would be a really cool thing to see. I'm like, oh, but somebody else, it would probably mean more to them. Hmm. Although then then there's a, another cynical part of me that's like, and some stupid scalper is out there holding on to tickets.
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is 100% true. So,
1: What's better, me to go, or some scalper holding on to the ticket that, uh, or, I don't
0: know. Yeah, well, right, uh, yeah. Oh my god, we've gone on rants about scalpers and, uh, scalpers, ticket master, the, the whole kitten caboodle before.
1: Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get into our episode, shall we? So, Doug, here we are, halfway point in the alphabet. Ish.
1: They're, yeah, Airboots. Yeah, Ear boots. We're doing M. Who are we covering this week? We are covering a favorite of
0: mine.
1: M eighty three.
0: I seem to recall the first time I even heard of them, you sent me two tracks, Don't Save Us From The Flames and Teen Angst. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's because you were very, very
1: fond of, was it the album or those particular tracks? Like, did you have the album by that point? Mm, No, I don't think so. So yeah, I was just doing a bit of a sampling of the album to see if it was was worth it. Mm -hmm. I think those two songs in particular just kind of stood out to me and I thought that you'd like and, uh, you know, and you know me, I like to share, share my musics. Did, so you had other songs? I'm struggling to remember which ones. But maybe maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Maybe I was just coasting off of the strength of those two.
0: Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, <laughs> and I, I realize this is a stretch, but this is how my brain works. Around that point as well, I think it was our friend Travis, who had sent us, uh, certainly me, uh, M62 song by Doves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, M62, M83... Uh, I kind of have those linked, and it didn't help that m 62 son, Although it sounds like he's saying Moonchild, he's saying Moonshine. But it's inspired by the song Moonchild by King Crimson. Yeah. And Moonchild also mm-hmm. happens to be the first track off of M83's... Uh, I definitely see
1: yeah. why, yeah, you'd make a lot of connections in your brain. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just linked. And uh, not to mention,
0: the, the album art is similar enough, certainly in color scheme. It, it just is all linked and stuff like that. Uh, I actually, I was actually, I, I actually had to listen to the song
1: today. To be honest, like just M62 song. Yeah, you just had to. Just had to listen to it. You know, I really, one. I really like it. I really, really like that song. I think it's very effective. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely like a, it's cool because it's a familiar melody, but just made differently. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's it's so it's so simple but very moving. <laughs> but we're not talking about doves today. Actually, truthfully, I don't even know that much by Doves, all things
1: considered. They don't have that many albums. Yeah. Definitely, it won't take that long to catch up on Doves. Okay, that's fine.
0: Um, I have two of the albums on my iPod from Travis's. Uh, Travis, was, Again, our friend Travis was giving away... All his CDs because he was going digital only, and he has uh,
1: still a pile I have to get through. <laughs> <laughs> he had two doves albums, at least two doves albums. Yeah, and maybe three though. I did not find through Travis. Okay, yeah. Yeah, M83. it was um, it was through my friend uh, Chris Leckman actually. Oh, really? Who showed us Broken Social Scene as well? Uh, and uh, Go Team. Mm-hmm. I, I remember what I remember exactly what it was. Is that I sent him a couple songs that I found fascinating by Shushu. Yeah, and he said. Oh, uh, yeah, this kind of reminds me a little bit of this band. I think it was like, uh, I, was, I probably just sent him Brian the Vampire mm. and uh, I, I Love the Valley O.
0: Mm.
1: You know, they're pretty different, but I can kind of see a little bit of Brian the Vampire and connections to, to M83, especially at that point in time, just because it's kind of a, abrasive Electronic stuff. I guess so. It's. I, I it's mean, pretty tenuous. No, <laughs> I, I. I would not really compare them in general. Uh, th- but I think. I think the, there was enough there that he said, "Maybe you'll like these guys." This is fair. And I did. Yeah. Probably more than I like Shushu. Mm, yeah, well, I, I. I say definitely for me, <laughs> definitely more than yeah. I like Shushu. I mean you know i I, uh, I i totally have full appreciation for some of shushu's music nothing but respect for the man <laughs> yeah but uh, i can marathon through three. i can't well we i've had some serious repercussions from marathoning through my, shushu <laughs> my favorite comment that the conclusion that we came to was the best of
0: shushu album would be great just a great great album the worst of shushu would be Unlistenable. Yeah, it <laughs> really hard to get through. so abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: what?
0: so ugly. But we're also not talking about shushu. But yeah, yeah this we have though
1: but in yeah. the past. So check out X is, X X is, for, is for shushu. shushu.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, folks. X X is for shushu. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. That was a good one. I thought we were nothing but fair. So Chris, this one's for you. Part of my pronunciation because there's a lot of French. In this in this episode, we are we. So if my pronunciation is not up to snuff, again, as we frequently apologize, although we're Canadians, we are on the west coast. Therefore,
1: the French is pretty pathetic. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah. There's a lot more people who speak Mandarin than French here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The name of the city is uh, Antibes, I believe. It's a Mer- uh, you gotta you gotta say it with a French accent. Antibes. 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 I should have asked. There's a guy I work with. He's a, 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 a bilingual court clerk. I should have asked him. He's French. Ah, oh, the French. Just today. Ah, oh, the French.
1: Mm-hmm. Although I guess French Canadian, right? Yeah,
0: but mm-hmm. even still, I would take his word over mine on this issue. You
1: know? Yeah. You don't. You don't. Don't mansplain French to
0: me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyways, Antibay, French. It's a Mediterranean resort. It's known for 48 beaches. It has two Roman aqueducts. And Jazz A1, which is one of the top jazz festivals in the world since 1960. Ah, oui. Perhaps most notably during two months in the fall of 1946, Picasso and his lover, Francois G- Gillot, uh, stayed in that area. And he was very fruitful, having 23 paintings and 44 drawings from September to November of 46. That is uh, That's uh, quite an output. And Antibé holds to that and says... It's because he was here, man. Mm-hmm. So they, they definitely have a very vibrant arts community and are very, very proud of their arts community there. From there, uh, two gentlemen, Anthony Gonzalez and uh, Nicolas Framajou. Maybe it's Nicolas Framajou. Anthony grew up listening to a lot of music. Artists like Barbara Brell. If he's French, is
1: Anthony? I don't know. We're just Sorry, we're going to say Anthony because um, <laughs> we just don't know. But here, westernized, we say Anthony. Sorry, dude. <laughs> um,
0: so he grew up listening to Barbara Brell, Michelle Berger, Berger, possibly, and uh, Franz Gall. His brother, Jan, became a film director. Uh, one of his most noteworthy films was uh, Encounters After Midnight in 2013. Mm, sounds sexy. Which Anthony scored. He scored that film. And he has collaborated with his brother. And his brother has co-written many MA3 tracks. Uh, His mother, Marie Christine, feels that the most recent album, Junk, is actually very reflective of the music that she and their father listened to. Uh, Anthony initially wanted to pursue soccer or football, but at 13 or 14, she doesn't quite remember when, uh, he was injured and uh, he had to sit out and uh, he got a guitar as a consolation present. Uh, This is all from an interview uh, in Brain Magazine, which I had to have translated from French. It was an interview of Marie Christine. Hmm. Yeah. Now Nicholas as well. Here's the thing: I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about this dude's background. Nothing. Nothing. I can't find anything. I checked all music, Exclaim, Consequence of Sound, IMDb, because he does have some credits as an actor and uh, and composer and writer. Pitchfork, Stereo Gum, etc., etc., etc. I I looked Nicholas. I I looked. I honestly did, but uh, I can't. I can't find any background information. Maybe he it.
1: wants to keep a low
0: profile. But I can tell you that he did form a project called Team Ghost, and apparently, I didn't listen to them. Obviously, um, apparently, Team Ghost is really quite good. And
1: Team, Ghost I think I did give them a spin at one point, or at least a little bit. I don't. I didn't. I didn't commit. I always meant to go back, uh, but I gave it a little bit of a sampling, and I recall liking it. But I'm struggling to remember what it was like. Yeah, so.
0: Team Ghost has, they've got three albums out right now, if I recall correctly, and they even did a remix of uh, Midnight City, so they're still on, on fairly good terms with each other. Either that or did that out of spite. Ah, <laughs> I who did it better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how these guys got started, how they came together and how they formed and what the process was like to make a band and to get onto a label. Mm-hmm. I can't find that story anywhere. So I'm going to assume it probably wasn't very remarkable.
1: I'm, I, I've I'm got a story for you actually. Okay. Um, so they're both at a subway. Yeah. Separately. And then, yeah. then, then uh, Anthony turns to Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. He says, Hey, do you play any musical instruments? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I do. Do you want to start a band? He's like, sure. Mm-hmm. And then, there's another guy sitting there at one of the tables. Yeah. He's like, "I'm a record executive. Do you want a label? Oh, do that you would wanna, be. Do you want to sign up on the label? That would be uh, Jean Philippe. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Okay, no, but that, that sounds... conversation, but in French, of course. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, it's in here somewhere. I think that's pretty much how. That's that's almost exactly. Yeah, if for not sure, a subway, down, um, some uh, Burger King, probably. Ah, uh, uh, Quiznos. Quiznos. I love Quiznos. For sure. I love. Mm. So just in case, uh, just in case you're joining us for the first time, that was a lie. All right. So, anyways, <laughs> no, I
1: really do love Quiznos.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> At some point, the two of them they joined with Goom Discs. G O O O M Discs. That's three O's. Three O's. Three O's and a Goom. Uh, the label. Uh, they only had a handful of acts. The only one I recognize is Montag. Mm-hmm. who, uh, we've spoken about this before, stars Do You Trust Your Friends. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, he contributed.
1: Um, I've only ever heard Montag remixes. Yes, and I've, he's remixed uh, M83. Yes, and those are some of the ones I've heard, but it's it's uh, it's funny that he probably has his own stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, but I've just never... I've only heard the remixes. He's, uh, from what I've heard, he has a very... Full, rich sound. He likes
0: to really layer organic sounds, orchestral sort of sounds and stuff. From what I've heard, but I haven't heard a lot. Anyways, Goom Discs has been dormant since 2005. Yeah, I think it's possibly because their biggest act, M83, is not part of them anymore. That's probably probably contributed. Dang. But anyways, let's talk about that very first album. April 18th, 2001. And I've noticed, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. most M83 releases are in April. Uh, mm. April 18th, 2001, a couple months before I graduated high school. Oh my god. The self titled M83 put on that Goon label. Produced from the get go, self produced by M83 and Morgan Degnui? De- 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 no, Degune. Right. De- De- uh In 2005, it was reissued by Mute Records uh, because Mute has been very happy with M83. And it was recorded in 2000 when the guys were only 20. They were only 20 years old, so they recorded, you know, performed, recorded, mm-hmm. produced this whole thing. The artwork, the cover art, is uh, by Stylophone. I don't know if that's a person or an entity or whatever, but oh, it's, I like uh, the artwork though. It reminds me of Air. You know how Air always sneaks in the the two of them usually in some yeah. form. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me very much of Air. <laughs> it Includes uh, it's, it's basically instrumental work with dialogue samples from various film and films and uh, TV. But I I have something I wanna say, Doug. Last Saturday night at the party, Kelly sitting, facing that violet tree staring at me. I'm getting closer. She stands up, crosses slowly my face. I'm happy, she said.
1: That's beautiful, man. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Sorry, so you asked me what i thought of it. <laughs> 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 no, I uh
0: I kind of wanted to hear what it sounded like spoken because um, those are all the tracks.
1: The tracks are meant yeah, to be, yeah. yeah, meant to be like a little self-contained story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have seen that before. Uh, it was Depth, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, yes, but only if we walk forever, and you no, know, um, yes, but only if we walk forever. Something together. Uh, I, uh, yeah,
0: something like that. I have a sneaky suspicion, just based on some of the syntax, that it probably. Works better in French.
1: Yeah, yes, it, it, it's occasionally a little bit <laughs> off. But when you said it, it sounded a little poetic. I needed to insert commas and so. Anyways, <laughs> what did you think of the self-titled album, Doug? Very raw for an electronic album, hmm. but I feel like it's a solid starting point. Reminiscent at times, but not always. Of um, I like to score era Moby, mm-hmm. just that kind of that raw synthesizer. Stuff it just it, I guess you know come to think of it I guess it weren't wasn't that many years apart, like mid to late nineties. Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, I want to say the Score's was what ninety seven, ish. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Whatever that James Bond movie came out. Um, which was ninety seven. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the only part or I feel it stumbles specifically is Violet Tree. Where um it could be interesting, but it relies almost too much on that, like, kind of grating ding hook, the ding, 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 ding. It's a little bit, like, too, it's a little too sharp. It mm. kind of makes me cringe a little, but, and I don't think it was meant to. Mm. Um, at the same time, it's not, like, terrible. It just doesn't work for me. What, what I find fascinating about the album is, is how um, little it seems they care about, like, sort of traditional song structure. Mm-hmm. Um, often, like, cutting to the chase. Like, what What is about intros and build-ups, and it's like, let's just drop you into it. Let's just put you right in the song. Like, uh, sitting goes, like, literally let's go, and then and boom. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, boom! Right into it. Just, uh, just drops you in, and it's great. The album starts out kind of harsh. It moves into more chill territory, but consistently kind of stays eerie. Which is interesting. Kind of, like, has a has a mood, and it sort of explores the possible sonic soundscapes of that mood, um, which apparently is quite broad. hmm The song Kelly is absolutely genius. I think it's terrific. And it has, this uh, This album has one of my favorite album closers ever. Particularly, there's a moment, um, it's actually almost kind of like post-song, because it's the, the last track is really long. hmm Um, Which is something that M83 does a lot. Yes. So there's a first movement, which I like, but it's like the second movement where it goes into this really kind of like cinematic sounding... Mm -hmm. Like, that's just... I remember for, for... First time I listened to it, I was like walking. I was probably, I think it was in New West, and I was just like walking up the hill, and it was a really dark night. And something about it just like gave me chills. Hmm. And I was like, "This is good. This is beautiful. This is kind of creepy." And I'm, I'm on board. And then, then there's a long, big silence for a for a secret track that the secret track doesn't like anything hmm. special. But yeah, that 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 final note of uh of that like sort of almost like sounding it just kind of reminds me of like war times um that kind of sound Mm -hmm. it's it's so super eerie and like it's phenomenal phenomenal way to close up the album
0: Mm -hmm. i'm going to talk more about the state of electronic music in the early 2000s with the next album because i think it's a little more uh a little more on point point. But I will say, you know, you can tell that this is self-produced, big time. The sound is good. These are definitely talented guys, but the production doesn't feel fully realized a lot of the time, you know? It doesn't sound as, as rich and as full. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It lacks some depth of fidelity. It's it's a little basic at times. What it does have going for it is a clear connection for, to the material. There's a lot of thought and structure put into it, like a lot. Some energy, some ambiance, all, all around a pretty good album. I will say Sitting is the winner, and it was they played it live at the concert. And I remember thinking, oh, hey, this is a pretty cool high-energy high, high, beat, high energy track at the time. And then when I re-listened to it, I was like, oh, hey, I remember this, yeah. Obviously, way more fleshed out of the concert and stuff, and it sounded really, really good. I, I actually should track down a live, if it exists, a live uh, Mm-hmm. my video of it yeah i find a p- part of what makes it is that um it could have written on that that's that melody just fine and been a great song but then it has that spastic glitchy interruptions and stuff which just it keeps you keeps you listening because it's like oh what else is going to do this song very cool stuff i wasn't put off by the uh the the uh
1: underproduced aspect of the album. i don't know
0: if i'd be, if i say i was put off because again i'm impressed
1: with the fact that these guys self-produced and recorded and Made all this material and stuff. It's just, it's just noticeable. It's just right. noticeable. Um, yeah, I. I but uh, to me, that's sort of like part of the charm of it is that like this, this really like raw like debut. Like, we're we're ca- kind of a couple kids just kicking our feet through the door and going huh. like, all right, here we are. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Like sometimes you know, production is such a funny thing because mm. sometimes if it is underproduced, it kind of you, you feel like there is more potential. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's. Kind of what the doctor ordered for that kind of particular kind of music, so. I feel it dances that line sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyways, let's jump forward two years, almost exactly two years, to April 14th, 2003. Dead Cities, Red Seas, and Lost Ghosts. It was recorded over 2002. Released with Goon, again. Produced by M83, De- DeGunet, and Nicholas Barlet. what do
1: you think? I get a still a bit of that Moby vibe. Hmm. Uh, particularly in uh, unrecorded, that kind of—I uh, really feel that there's just that synth sound that Moby likes to use. <laughs> Steve has some similar notes. <laughs> I, actually, my second note in is I'm also getting a lot of early Moby vibes. <laughs> um, though that being said, it is a really great track. I do really like that song. Uh, this album's a bit more refined, but still kind of raw. But I do kind of miss the unfilteredness of the first album. It feels like M83 is finding their footing, and uh, you can hear it in tracks like America which could almost actually fit on the next album um, where a lot of the other ones and this in this one don't so much the album feels more fluid more structured the songs connect uh, like a lot more and but it actually I, I and I was kind of surprised by this I I kind of feel it was like one of my least favorites of the catalog and I never really noticed it before until I was trying to listen to it and trying to like grab on to what it is that I really liked about it and I felt like something about it was evading me. Hmm. Not that I dislike it, I just, it doesn't, didn't connect the same way as the later stuff. If anything, it could, because it, it lacks the bold ideas of the first album, but also the clear direction of the following albums. Uh, so it, it's kind of, it's kind of the growing pains. It's, it's that middle ground where it's a, it's a little bit like when you're a teenager and awkwardly stumbling upon yourself. But at the same time, I feel like this is too harsh. <laughs> I don't know. Because I do like it. That's the thing is that it's not like there's anything on here. I'm like, ugh a waste of time. I guess maybe it's because it's sandwiched between two albums that perhaps I'm a little more fond of. Hmm. Yeah, so it's good, but but yeah, definitely not, um, in my opinion, a top tier M83 album. I
0: felt it was uh, better fleshed out and produced than the last, uh, with some hard hitting emotional tracks and some psychedelic influences. Again, the Moby vibes for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a far more distinct M83 voice here, definitely. I can see, hear a little bit of their later stuff, like the like just like uh, some themes, musical ideas, and stuff that they do that they do later. I can hear it there. Again, this is mostly instrumental with some samples and some computerized voices for some reason. Where this, album I feel, succeeds is in the haunting world building. You can kind of feel the coldness of the snow, the howling of the winds, the loneliness of the people. You can, you can kind of feel it. But I also, what I feel the most is machines. You know, uh, cybernetics, lots of digital beeping and relentless clockwork tapping and maybe a disconnect, something a little less human at times. Be Wild, I think, is the standout track, but it's a fairly different one from what I normally like about M83. This one would fit into like the Tron soundtrack, with its distorted beats, its percuss- percussion, layered 70s synth, and a sort of tragic melody that wails and struggles against itself. It was universally acclaimed, with top marks by most critics. This was the thing that caused the, the first album to be re-released, right? I can see why. Uh, it doesn't really sound like anything released in 2003. The Electronic at the time, there was a lot of trance and techno. Uh, this would have been more at home in the early '90s. Uh, that this sort of sort of electronica.
1: Mm, well, it's hard to say because I feel like by 2003 the techno stuff was really uh, on the way out. Definitely, like the 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 last the last big techno hit was Sandstorm mm-hmm. um, by Darude. Two thousand two sounds about right. Two thousand two, yeah. I want to say, and I feel like. That was, uh, I uh, like the everyone was like, awesome, we're done. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and so, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else what was um, out and popular at the time.
0: So, but the, this would be part of that, though. This is this is refreshing from mm-hmm. Pop electronica from stale electronica. That's
1: probably why it gained so much acclaim, yeah, it, it because it's it electronica
0: right? that wasn't that. That yeah. had grown so stale,
1: right? Yeah, but I guess I, I'm I'm struggling to think of what was sort of like the indie stuff around that time, and I, I don't know, I don't actually know. Um, that was a weird couple years though, because um,
0: it was before the it was like just before the surgence of indie and folk, and mm-hmm. you know all that. It was
1: like just before because yeah, I kind of feel right. like yeah, the indie folk and the uh, alt rock scene was what really exploded around that time. Yeah, yeah.
0: it was also simpler. Simpler than a lot of the more other noteworthy Electronica acts. You could expect a smash from Chemical Brothers or Daft Punk, but both had years of experience and were making fairly complex music by this point. But uh, this was back to basics, Electronica. This was, this was scaled back a little bit. It, it didn't have to be epic and big. And I think that was one of the reasons why critics kind of liked it so much is it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a little more approachable. Me personally, though, do I come back to? It? It's not really so much. I'm I'm actually very much on the same page as you, and I think it's good. But and that there's there's no stinkers. But I have a a hard time finding something to latch onto, and I really like sitting off of the first album, and that was something I
1: could latch onto.
0: This one, not too much.
1: look well, I, I thought I was crazy. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, why isn't this working as well as I? Was like, but okay, I guess I guess it's not just me. That's nice. It was at this point that Nicholas Formageux left the band
0: to pursue other projects, mostly Team Ghost, but not just Team Ghost. The two are still friends, apparently, and Formageux has uh, followed the music of M83 ever since then. He's he said in interviews that, you know, he's got all the albums and he, he likes the, the output and stuff, so doesn't really seem to be any hard feelings. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes they just, you know, want to go their separate ways. mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah jump forwards january 24th 2005 a tremendous change because i mean really i don't think anyone could have blamed gonzalez if he was just like oh, i guess m83 is done i want to do something else you know i'm i guess i'm going solo on under a different name but no he decided instead he's he's gonna bring m83 uh to a different level and this is uh that album we we're talking about before before the dawn heals us released by goom and mute records in the u.s now so now they've got the attention of of Mute and Naive Records. Uh, But Mute had acts like Depeche Mode, Moby, and New Order on it. Spoilers! And also now currently they have Yaysayar on them. Uh, So joining them at the time must have been a big deal. Yeah, totally. The cover art, you'll notice, is Bangkok, Thailand. Yeah. Uh, This was produced by Gonzales, Antoine Gallier, and Jean-Philippe Talaga. I think that's Goom. I think he is the, the guy who leads the Goom label. Because uh, I tried to go to Goom's website, which, by the way, was super glitchy, and I had a really hard time loading it. And it actually turned into, like, Jean-Philippe Talaga.net or something like that. Well, okay. so, I'm noticing, as well, that Jan Gonzalez, the brother, uh, is doing a lot of writing for these songs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah actually.
0: So, Doug, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Before the Dawn Heals Us.
1: Yeah, Before the Dawn Heals Us is a... Well, actually, it's a very special album to me. Just because, you know, it was... Uh, Well, again, one that I kind of got into around that point in time when I started to really get into music, like my post high school years, early college years, where suddenly I started to like find stuff that uh, that I really loved. Like I like I kind of found my niche in music because I do kind of feel like in high school I was kind of wasn't i don't know like i just i, I was wandering around i like I, I liked some stuff but i didn't i didn't find something that i didn't find stuff that i really loved too too often i don't know so this, this this one kind of like hit me at a great time and um again thanks chris and you know this is one that i i've continually come back to for the for years like i can't even believe it's been like over over a decade that i've been listening to this album yeah. and every time that i listen to it, it it still works it still works for me and not a single track i feel drops the ball i i think that th- i think within this uh, without exaggeration that this is one of the best albums of the 2000s like what, of that, of that whole decade like this is one of the ones that is like it really holds up like it's structured so well moonchild is a perfect opening track uh and sets the stage um and this one has a mood That's very different from the previous albums, and actually, well, actually, every album's a little different, so the mood of this one is very, um, almost tragic, but like, on like an epic level, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you know? Like, there's this, uh, well, uh, there's this, this, this sadness, but also this, um, this yearning to it. It's, it's, um... And then, uh, yeah, there's other ones that where where it's it's just like really dark and haunting. Like oh, uh, car chase terror still <laughs> like shakes me in my boots. Like it's just uh, what what an interesting concept for a song too. For sure. Like just to have someone essentially doing a dialogue between a mother and a daughter as they're escaping what sounds like um, an abusive relationship, um, but also someone's like.
0: Someone's in a car, or definitely chasing them down.
1: Yeah, trying to run them over, or or, or but no, I, I think not even for real. Like I think when they wake up from a nap or something. Like and the, and the mother is having like gets into such a, a fit of rage or not a fit of rage. Um, gets into such a, a panic state mm-hmm. that she's like almost like she's just she's just still in a bad dream or something like that. But they're definitely on the side of a road. I think that they're they're on the road. Uh huh. And. They're not being pursued in that moment, mm. but they're, the, but the mother feels still like she's like, they're like, he's right behind her at any point in time. Like he's like, and oh. then he's haunted. Cause, cause the way that the, uh, the, the daughter's like, there's nothing there, mommy, there's nothing there. Mm. And so it's almost like she's being haunted by a ghost or being, or like a hallucination or something like that.
0: Really? The, the focus of the sun isn't really what's going on. It's the terror. It's the emotional state. That's, yeah, exactly. that's what's go.
1: that's what the focus of the sun is. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, just like extremely creative, and uh, hits it out of the park. Like there's there are a, a quite a few ways that that song could have gone wrong, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I, it didn't. It really didn't. Even there's there's a few moments of levity. Like "Can't Stop," I feel is a really good one where it's just it's a little more. It still got sort of like a bit of that sadness in there, but it is. Mostly uplifting. <laughs> I hate that song. You hate "Can't Stop." I hate that song. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. When when the voice gets like uh, like the, there's the the "Can't Stop" voice, and then it goes up another friggin' octave. I hate that.
1: <laughs> well, I guess so we don't see eye on that one. I don't mind that one at all. Uh, I like I said, there's nothing on here that I think stinks. Right, right dab in the middle is uh, "Teen Angst," mm. which is definitely like one of the highlights of their of uh, of his career. It is uh it is like an extremely like. Cool emotional track, uh, plays a lot with like really harsh synthesizers and also a sort of choir sound that I think really carries the song and was used very well in the trailer to a scanner darkly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely made me want to see the film. Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, like I just think that this is such a, this is such a great like electronic album. Like this is a, this is an electronic music masterpiece and uh, and I, I'm a, except for maybe can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> And even the even the long track, the "Yellow Where Your Eyelids 2 Die with the Sun," rather doesn't really wear out as welcome. It's it's a slow song, but it's it it actually uh, carries itself pretty well for the uh, for the, the ten plus minutes that it is. A, a glowing recommendation for "Before the Dawn Heals Us." So, what about the music videos? Because they released a lot for this album. They released five. Yeah,
0: some of them are very indie looking. Oh yes, they yeah. only released two for the previous album, and those those ones. Pretty handy. One of them looks like a screensaver. The other one was a kind of an interesting student film
1: sort of thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't one. know if I've seen the older ones.
0: Yeah, but yeah. this one, Moonchild had a music video about a uh, what appeared to be a smoke wizard blowing smoke over these uh, fluorescence light triangles. Very strange. Yeah, In the Cold I'm Standing, uh, that one looks very student-filmy. Has a montage, signed about a near-death experience.
1: Well, there were a few like newer music videos released from this one as well. Like, Lower Your Eyelids to Die with the Sun. Yes, that one. That was was released with the the re-release. That was just a few years ago.
0: Interestingly enough, uh, my first comment to that one was, Someone found a high-speed camera. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. That one, thematically, I like because it deals explicitly with a car crash. As a couple are being thrown out of a car Mm -hmm. in slow motion. I'll get back to car crashes in a sec. Teen Angst and Don't Save Us From The Flames are the same music video from two different perspectives, basically. They both have a tremendous 80s VHS vibe. Everybody in the video looks like they're from the 80s. It looks like it was shot on VHS. And there's like central three or four characters. One video follows one girl. The other video follows the other girl. And they're kind of... They have different perceptions of each other as being like normal, but they each kind of have their own issues sort of thing. Right. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I, I like the idea behind it. The execution is okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, kudos on, kudos on that. But yeah, let's talk about the, the music, though. I've always had a soft spot for this album. I've always had a soft spot for this album. Wherever I, I think back to it, I think back to it fondly. I really do. When I went to the concert, I bought this one on vinyl. Because it just, even though they'd had all the other ones, and there was definitely, I wanted to hear more of Hurry Up, I'm Dreaming. I wanted to hear... Uh, Sounds like Midnight City on vinyl and stuff like that. But I was like, it just didn't feel right coming away from that concert without Before the Dawn Heals Us. You know, I, I have such a soft spot for this album. Despite its flaws. And it does it does have some flaws. I placed it on my list of, I think it was top five saddest albums back when <clears throat> we were writing for Sour Grim's I Beeps think it was Lendry. ten. I think it was ten. Might have been top ten, yeah. Yeah. Top ten saddest albums. Because much of the album seems to deal with heartbreak, loneliness, and a car crash... Or accident of some kind.
1: There definitely is, especially in uh, Don't Save Us From the Flames, there's lyrics um, implying a car crash. Mm -hmm. A piece of brain in my hair. Yeah, it's uh, a little vivid. Oh man,
0: man, this album, it feels so cinematic. It feels like it's a soundtrack, but a really, really good soundtrack, you know, with no filler. Basically, and coincidentally, it has been used in many soundtracks. But I mean, even some of the instrumental tracks feel like incidental music, but really, really good incidental music. The
1: type where you're like, man, this is a really good soundtrack. Yeah, it could be why he's been brought into doing in to do a lot of soundtracks. I think
0: 100% why, because the dude's been in tons of soundtracks at this point. Gonzalez introduces his vocals, and he's got a great voice. Sometimes the higher pitched feminine vocals are spot on and great, other times they're a little painful. Was it meant to I mean, this, he really wants to hit that high, that high pitch.
1: At least Can't Stop is only two minutes. Yes. And 22 and a half seconds. So there's yes. that. So it's actually a very small percentage of, of this, of the album. All right. So it was very difficult to not do a track by track
0: with this, with this album. Moonchild is pretty great, but it's a little long. Um, I don't mind. I know you don't mind, but by minute four, mm-hmm. I always wonder how much longer we're going to hear the, the track, because it's a tragic wailing and it's really emotional. But it just, it keeps looping. And so by minute four, I'm just like, hmm, still going. Still going. I also, Car Chase Terror, one of my favorite songs on the album. I think you really covered it. You really, really covered it. It's a really, really good and gripping, gripping song. And then In the Cold I'm Standing, I actually really like that song. I find it's probably the one with the most emotional resonance, to be honest, which is a very hard thing to say in this album. But there was something in particular in that song that I'd that that really for some reason that really I found gripping. Fields, Shorelines, and Hunters, that one feels like a throwback to the last album. But I really like how it breaks up the pace in this first half here. Uh and actually you know what? It's it's um there's a couple rock tracks, and it's always easy to miss the rock tracks, but he always throws in a oh, less like, one um, rock track.
1: Like guitar and a heart. Yes, guitar in
0: a heart and the a- asterisks.
1: You know that is just true. Like there's ones where, like they don't uh, they don't uh, come to mind when I'm thinking of the album, but I would never skip them when I listen to it. No, it's always yeah, it's always
0: very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Asterisks, great cold stops, high octane energy, guitar in a heart, fantastic, fantastic songs. So lower your eyelids to die with the sun. Hmm, it's an interesting way to cap the album. But it's in in my humble opinion, it suffers from the same problem as Moonchild. I think it's a little too long and, and a little too repetitive. It It's it's working at, at evoking that emotional connection, for sure. But I, I, the length, I think, kind of takes away from that connection.
1: I think it works because it's the last track. If, if it was in the middle of the album, I don't think I'd be this patient.
0: I also uh, realize that I'm probably in the minority. Uh, Slant Magazine called
1: it the best work they've ever done lower your eyelids yeah, you know yeah. Hmm. it's good but like <laughs> i i it's not even my favorite track from this album
0: <laughs> the shorter instrumental tracks work really well and i think that is because at this point gonzalez knows how to do instrumental tracks effectively just spent like two albums figuring out like cracking the code on on what makes a good instrumental track cracking it what's too long what's too short how many elements do you throw in he did it all in those two albums and then this album, all those instrumental tracks, every single one of them, bang, 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 bang perfect, perfect songs. Bar bang, bar boom, bar bang, bar boom. Uh, they're the core of this album. They always bear repeat listings. I really dig this album. Truthfully, I really dig this album, but it can be a bit much, not due to any of its faults, but because it's it's kind of heavy. Um yeah. It's kind of heavy stuff. By by track twelve, I can understand if a person's just like, you know, just like. Oof. Having the vinyl actually helps solve solve this a little bit because there's natural breaks between the sides. Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah
1: it's true. You, you got you got to at least take the time to flip the record around. At,
0: at the very least, yeah, the time to mm-hmm. walk over and flip the le- record. It gives you the respite that I think is kind of needed. Where the album falters, if I was to say anything again, is when it really tries to hammer in that tragic emotion. I where it works at first, but then it kind of drags <clears> by the end. But only really to be honest with the bookends. And that's if I'm putting my putting my Mister Critical cap on September third, two thousand seven, Digital Shades Volume One. This was only released through Mute, just Mute, uh, because again by this point Goom is no more, or on hiatus or something. I don't know. Or something. A very different cover art. So we've left the the real and photography and that sort of style. It's for something really kind of cartoon and abstract. It was produced by Gonzalez and performed. Entirely by Gonzalez, and also produced by Antoine Gallier.
1: It is what it is in that it was made as a sort of like, I'm in my spare time putting together some ambient tracks um, and just making stuff that's not a like a, like a mainline release essentially. Like it's a, it's a side project essentially with whether that happens to be M83. Um, so, you know, there was understandably not a lot of, you uh, know, singles, I don't think. Um, it wasn't pushed particularly hard by the label. It was just—it's just a for the hardcore fans. Here's a little something for you, and I think it works just fine for that. It's definitely like not top tier M eighty three, but it's nice. It's nice to listen to, with the exception of Dancing Mountains, which I feel something about that. The way the piano, uh, the, the the just the piano uh, melody. Is just not interesting to me. Like it just, it just feels kind of like, eh, like uh, I could, I could take it or leave it. More likely, leave it. Um, but everything else is like, it's kind of nice. Like it's, it's nice music. It's not. This isn't an album I come back to nearly as often as the other ones. But it's kind of like when I'm listening to the discography because that's what I do. I listen to the, the like a band by their like catalog. I'm like, oh, it's time for me to listen to. All of M eighty three. Then uh, I'll, I'll you know I will happily uh, listen to it when it is uh, when it is time be- between before the dawn heals us and Saturday equals youth. Basically, that's when I, that's when I listen to it. Not really much else to say. It's it's kind of nice, cool ambient stuff. Uh, interesting enough. Occasionally taking another page from Moby for s- similar stuff uh, when Moby did his. Um, his uh hotel ambient uh album, but not not too often. Doesn't sound like that. But I just remember there's a couple times where I was to him like, well, you know, this this has shades of that. But you know, I guess it's because you know they're they're doing an ambient album in the same genre of music, so I guess it's almost bound to have like a little bit of a same similar flavor. Yeah. So I don't know. No, it's not really an album that demands much criticism and and uh, talking about too much. Really, it's it's fine. It's good, you know. It's cool. So it's mostly an instrumental. I think there's there's some... one. I think I think the one track at least yeah. has uh, some vocals.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, he Gonzales really dialed it back here, even being the solo performer. And I'm not sure why. It almost seems like this album and Before the Dawn heals us would actually make more sense if they were like the other way around. You know, in terms of release order. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what I mean, just just in terms of like the evolution of of the music and of the. Uh, band well that's because i feel like it wasn't supposed to be the next big album it was it was literally just supposed to be a little like side project
0: sure but i mean like even still the look at look at the release you still have this one being released as an album well it's because he why not release it as an ep then you know
1: because there's more tracks than an ep would have i guess i guess <laughs> i don't
0: know it's, it's just kind of weird i hate to be contradictory i actually really like dancing mountains <laughs> I don't know. It, it stood out to me. I liked. I liked the sound of it. I liked the structure of it because there's some like silence in the middle. Yeah, it then contrasts
1: the simple melody on either side. It's simple, but yeah. The highest journey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just it's just something about like, like I know, I know what you mean and that it just really stands out. But there's a silence, and then when it when it just quiet and quiet, and then it's like, dun 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 dun. I'm just like ah, oh, not again. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't
0: work. The heist journey reminds me of lower your eyelids from the last album, but with more restraint. It was kind of like he was he was approaching that again. There's a lot of similar musical ideas. I actually think this would have been a better ending track because you know second time around, and I felt it was a little better, and a little stronger. It's not the same song, don't get me wrong, but I feel there's enough musical ideas that reminded me of it, and I felt it was it was a better a better cap. Mm. Uh, but for the album, I will say it is. Okay, (laughs) it's great background music. It's very safe to have on in the office if you have music playing in the background. But there's nothing particularly challenging or, I dare say, interesting. Uh, Well, I did say that the instrumentals were the real core of the last album, they also had very distinct flavors, and they went on their own journeys. What was he trying to accomplish, though, with this? What were the goals for this album? But that's the thing, is that there probably wasn't. He was probably just kind of noodling around a bit and, you know, worked on these songs and just kind of put them out But based on the last album and what we know of his future releases, those seem to have very direct goals. And so it seems very strange to have almost an aimless album just kind of put out just, you know, just because. It just feels strange. Maybe at the time, though, because I'm talking about it from hindsight, but maybe at the time, maybe he felt that before The Dawn Heals Us, that was the anomaly, that was the special project, and that this was kind of more in line with what M83 releases... Maybe, you know, it's just like, okay, well, but, you know, normally I do instrumental shorts and stuff, but I just really wanted to get that one project out.
1: Maybe, right? I don't think so. I think that the, I think that this was entirely just a, a side project of his. He was just putting some tunes together, and he made enough for an album. Like, I, I think that's, that's much more. I, I don't see this as sort of being like the, and this is what I want to be. Considering just looking at the two sam- the two albums that Sandwich between, yeah. I feel like those were just, those before the Dawn Heels, Saturdays, e- Saturdays equals youth feels they like they have much more intent. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. But let's get into that. It's April 11th, another
0: April, 2008, Saturdays equals youth. To which I said that was
1: fast. Um, because. <laughs> you didn't yeah, those, I know what you're <laughs> I know what you're <laughs> Because uh-huh. I feel like this was the one he was ma- mostly working on. Yeah, yeah you're
0: probably right. Uh, this yeah. was released on Mute and EMI and Virgin. You've hit the big times now, man. Mm-hmm. Hit the big times now. This was produced by Gonzalez, Ewan Pearson, who was mostly a remix artist, and Ken Thomas, who seems to be the most associated with Seager Rose. Did I say it right?
1: <clears throat> Seager Yes. Good. Yeah, that's how you say it.
0: <laughs> uh, Gonzalez is joined by Morgan on vocals and keyboards, and she has a great voice in the i'm sorry i hope that's right on percussion keyboards and guitars sounded like a good attempt thanks and there's a medley of other producers and techs who were working on this album so considerably more people on the credits and also we see jan again contributing to writing credits so i remember when you got this album you're mm-hmm. uh i mean it at the time it felt like we hadn't heard from m83 in ages like it's just like yeah, almost as if they dropped off the radar. And then all of a sudden you're just like like, hey, check it out and you have Saturdays equal, equals youth and you like, eh? eh, check it out. Eh? Eh. And uh yeah, you hold it up. The jewel case has got a bunch of uh kids standing in a brightly lit field and uh yeah. So
1: yeah, I know you got a lot to say about Saturdays equals youth. Yes. Yeah, It's it. terrible. <laughs> oh. Whoa! Hail! That's fine. No, no, um, it is a near perfect album with a couple fatal flaws mm. yeah because there's so much good in here there's so much that works it goes for this very nostalgic youthful sound and it really hits it yeah it really nails it and and like I don't even know how <laughs> I don't even know like how, how do you capture that in music so well but apparently he knew he knew what he's doing uh it's starting off with um you appearing, I mean, it's even then, like right away, this sort of sense of um, of the like just the perfect mix of angst and hopefulness that I think really captures the teenage years, you know, mm. <clears throat> and that that continues all the way through it. Kim and Jesse is uh, the I guess you 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 comma appearing mm-hmm. is like the the cool like chill opener that just like she's setting the stage and Kim and Jesse just kicks the door open with. Like, like, full, like, here's the f- album's full potential, boom. And it's like, it's use, like, pretty much use that right, to, uh, that phrasing as well. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Well, like, how can you not? Because yeah. it, it literally sounds like, like kicking, like, a like drum, it's a, and, like, 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 and then yeah. oh, and that, I don't know, I know you had issues with like the, the high pitched sound of like can't stop, yeah, and stuff like that. Where I feel like this dance is such a fine line between, like, shrill and, like, epic. and <laughs> Like, there's, there's this really high-pitched noise that it makes in the, in the main hook of yeah. the... But it's just... It's right in that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he found it, but that's the sweet spot right there. Yeah. And uh, I'm super impressed. And, like, it just carries through one, one great track after another until... Up. <laughs> Frickin' Up.
0: <laughs> Hold on. Is this why... It's not on my iPod. Up is not on my iPod. Did you made it from your... Uh... I
1: can't finish the song. Oh. Ah. I don't know. And the thing is, like, it, when, I, when I was... I listened to it... Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I guess, yeah, I must have neglect, neglected to uh, to mention it at some point. But yeah, I just cut it up straight out. And the album's all the better for it. <laughs> because, I don't know, I, the thing is, when I listen to it, it's like, what is even bugging me so much about this track? It's not the exclamation mark, (laughs) Um, and I just think the vocal melody is just like it's too fluffy, and the uh, the synth stuff, like whatever it is that he normally does, it just he does it wrong. It's all wrong on this on this track. Uh, yeah, like uh, I don't know. I I feel I feel almost crazy for how much I can't stand it because because like it, 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 I, mean, I don't know because it feels like what I, I'm justified. It feels weird and wrong because of like how much I love M83's music and and how like it it isn't like obviously obnoxious. <laughs> it, it's not it's not like it's not like what would what look what you made me do Taylor Swift kind of like like oh man like she like tripped and fell and landed her face in mud kind of like that bad but it's just um but I just feel it's also just not consistent with the tone of the album and uh and just really really breaks it breaks it up when when colors is like a really great nice long instrumental ah, track en français and so, so uh I don't know how to say sorry in French pardon et moi oh, pardon pardon caleos is that right did okay I don't know <laughs> how dare you! <laughs> and then uh, we own the sky is a perfect next next track for that. We own the sky is great, and then uh, and actually we own the sky. Come to think of it, like I probably have heard it maybe too much, but like it's it's really good. Like like uh, what I what I have to kind of stop and remember to listen to it because of, of how much I've heard it. But um, but like when I do, I'm like man, like it's it again hits those perfect beats of of nostalgia and uh, optimism. Yeah, it's it's uh it doesn't have, actually really have much of that angst in there, but the nostalgia and the optimism is definitely in there. Yeah, and then after that more more great tracks until and this is probably it's glaring to you as well, that last track, Midnight Souls Still Remain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like why did you make me listen to that for 11 straight minutes? I think it's I'm torn because I kind of, I kind of respect the creative commitment, <laughs> but I feel like if you could have accomplished the same, like, the, it's basically like two chords, like, that a drone on is like, and then a slightly different, and then, and then a slightly different, and then just that again and again and again for 11 straight minutes. Could have done the exact same thing in six, and still or dare say four or less. <laughs> um, I feel well. The thing is, like, if you wanted it to, to feel long, hmm. six. That's that would be the halfway point. <laughs> so I'm I'm like I'm oh like I'm like why would you do this? Especially since and and this is me being weird and pedantic. Is I also can't just stop listening to it. Because it just—it feels like I need—I need, need the closure. I need yeah. the closure. So, what I always do, and I've, I've, I, it's been a long, tense time since I actually committed to the whole full eleven minutes, is I give it—I give it a few minutes, and then I skip ahead to the uh, to a few minutes before it ends. Mm. I don't miss a beat. <laughs> <Like> it, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't <laughs> it feels—it's—it it, it just it, perfect transition usually. And then, and then it closes, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> now, you had a solution to this,
0: because uh, Doug put uh, M83's discography on my iPod, and bless although he took out up, he did have the iTunes bonus track of Until the Night is Over, which, might I say, is a fantastic closing track, and I think would be far better serving as the album's closing track. So basically, it's like the Doug version of this album is minus up, Mm, and mm-hmm. uh, Until the Night is Over as the closer.
1: And, and it's also worth mentioning, there is oh, a... The, oh, uh, they're talking about the B-side.
0: Yeah, it's um, on the Wheel on the Sky single.
1: Je vous ai, uh, je vous ai petit fille. Uh, it's something about... So,
0: uh, small g- young girls? girls?
1: Yeah, that one is a cool track, too. Although I don't know where I don't know if it fits anywhere. It doesn't on fit on the album. Um, no, absolutely not. It's, so it's, it's understandable. A, it's
0: a, a 70s throwback electronica track. It yeah, sounds so. a
1: little bit like Jean-Michel right. Yeah.
0: Very much so, too. Like, very, very much so.
1: But I I do like that track as well.
0: Oh, no, it's great, but it doesn't fit on the album. Which yeah. is fine. It's a B-side. Hold on, I gotta translate it. Can you pull that, pull that back up? Uh, it's definitely something about little girls. My God, what a horrible sentence to say. Over and over again. <laughs> it's definitely something about little girls. I'm embarrassed by how little French I know. I took French up until grade 9. So did I. But I also failed. Oh, there's a film that has the same title. Oh Oh, oh and it's directed by... Oh. oh, it was
1: probably made for the
0: film. It was probably made for the film. Look at that, everyone. We Today we just learned something. But what does it mean? I hate you girls? Oh. Oh, petite feet just mean, must mean girls. So. Like, so, yeah, okay. So I hate, I hate, I hate you girl roughly. Hmm, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm, interesting. Okay, and it makes for a fine B-side.
0: Oh, so. yeah, no, it's great. I, I actually really, thank you, by the way, for, for, uh, for slamming it over to me. I actually really like it. So uh, there were three music videos put out for this. Mm-hmm. interesting enough, mm-hmm.
1: four singles though. Oh yeah, the the We Own the Sky had a fan made video. He he put out a challenge. He's like, "Hey, do uh, you, you want the? You, you, can you make the, uh, music videos?" Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner, pardon me, the winner gets to be the official music video for Wheel, mm-hmm. Wheel in the Sky. Which, by the way, more bands should do because that's awesome. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, it's great, and it's, it was super engaging for the fans, and somebody and somebody gets. Uh, Somebody gets lucky. It's super in tone with the the, the
0: cover art and the art direction. Uh, it's, you know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of kids of this out in a field and stuff, and they're partying and they're living life. Uh, and then uh, flying rectangles show up. That turns into confetti. We all been there. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> to, to be honest, I found the video a little boring. Um, <laughs> there's four singles, and I don't know what you were thinking, dude, but why is Killers the first single? Why is it a single at all?
1: No, that's an album track. It's an
0: eight-minute instrumental track. I'll get more into that in a sec. (laughs) But anyways, Graveyard Girl actually reminds me very much of Before the Dawn uh, heals Us. It's uh, Mm -hmm. an 80s VHS. Uh, It's about a girl. She goes to a graveyard, but it's like a pet graveyard. And there's ghosts of dogs and stuff, but it's shot very much like Don't Save Us from the Flames and Teen Angst. Mm -hmm. Very, very much like that. Kim and Jassy synchronized roller dancers who are attacked by... Evil synch- uh, synchronized roller dancers. A uh, 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 classic tale. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Gonzales wanted an album more in line with before. And the theme is pretty on the nose here. It deals with being young and learning about life and love and dreams. Um, I agree with Doug. You appearing kind of starts melancholic, but introduces hope and brightness and then kicks bam into Kim and Jesse. This might be my favorite album by Yeah, It has such consistently great tracks, one after the other. Bam, 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 bam. And a hell of a lot of 80s influence. Lots and lots and lots and lots.
1: A lot less like short instrumental tracks. Mm -hmm. For better, for worse. It's just different.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I noticed that my copy of uh, the album on my iPod was missing up, I went and I looked it up. Up, up, up. You looked up, up? I looked up, up. And uh, actually, sorry, actually, up. actually yeah. I think uh, you and I, we, the, we swap with the, uh, the Can't Stop thing. I, I kind of like the song. Oh. Uh, I kind of li- I think right. Kibbe hits the notes just fine. And I think it's it's kind of a nice little, nice
1: little reprieve. But uh, yeah,
0: uh, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, maybe just me.
1: I didn't mention Skin of the Night. I love Skin of the Night.
0: <laughs> well, I love most of these I songs. Love, I love, I love most of these songs.
1: Well, um, okay. <laughs>
0: yes. No, that guitar riff Ooh. is fantastic. <laughs> And it's it's like right out of uh that's right out of the '80s too. There's tons of stuff like this. It's right out of the '80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I I agree. Midnight Soul still remain. No thanks. I'm I'm done done with that one. Colors is hands down my favorite M83 track. Really? Yeah, hands down. Oh, wow, uh, it's uh it's good. It I is a good. Saw it live. They played it live. Oh, and, was that was uh, beautiful. That was amazing. Amazing song live. Just as good album track. A little different, but great i mean it's i'll talk about it later <laughs> i'll i'll get into more of it later when we do track recommendations don't touch it don't you know you can not touch don't, it don't worry about it forget about forget it forget about it all right october 18th 2011 it felt like it's so weird my sense of time is so different because it felt like the the dates between release it felt longer than three years you know what i mean mm-hmm. it felt like a long time but i remember the marketing for this album and I remember this album just coming, crashing through, and, uh, and you know, it being, uh, people talking about social media, and uh, things being shared around, and stuff like that.
1: Uh, yeah, hurry up, we're dreaming. Do you know what did it, man? I'll tell you what did it. That mind-blowing music video. From Midnight City? Midnight City. 100%. That, without a, without exaggeration, might be my favorite music video. I, I think it's so, I've watched it so many times, I, I, and it gives me chills.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the music videos in a sec, because there's a lot for this album. It was released on Mute and Naive in France, produced by Gonzalez and Justin Mildell Johnson. Uh, Mildell Johnson has worked with tons and tons and tons of bands in production and as a session musician. Production-wise, he's worked for Jimmy Eat World, Paramore, Tegan and Sarah, Moving Units. It goes on and on. Session musician, he... He's worked on stuff dating all the way back to 93. He was uh, a session musician for uh, Moby's That's When I Reach For My Revolver. That's when I reach for my revolver. Like, all the way back. Gonzalez is joined. Uh, he's joined by Gabriel Johnson on trumpets. Morgan Kibbe remains on vocals. James King is on the Barry Sax and flute. Brad Lehner is on vocals. Louis Moran again, on percussion. Tipple on acoustic guitar, Patrick Warren on piano, Lyle Workman on guitars. You, did you say Tybalt? Tipple. Tipple, not Tybalt. Oh, thank God.
1: You're that it's guy I can't tibble.
0: be trusted. And and, oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> and there are various other people in the choirs on back and vocals. S- Steve doesn't like Shakespeare references, clearly. <laughs> it, just, it came, just came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. It's like, tibble. I wanted to. The thing is, too, is I want to make a Mercutio. Like, don't, you know, let's just hope... We're... Like, but then it just wasn't playing out in my head. Yeah, that's so yeah, so It's really like, you know, it would have just overdone
1: it. A pox on both your houses. Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? I bite my thumb, sir, but not at you. <laughs> <laughs> S- silliest line of dialogue. I mean, it's
0: obvious to me that he wanted this to be a big project.
1: And he got it. Well, I mean, as I mentioned, New City was a great... Like, do you want to talk about, you know, so you're like, you're like, colors or colors... Uh, n- not a good opening single. Midnight City is exactly the opening single you want to have. It has uh, it. It sets the stage. Uh, he's going for a uh, dreamlike atmosphere in this one, and I think that he kind of hits it. I think he's got a good sense of how to hit a certain mood. That uh, and and that yeah, this is uh yeah. definitely Mirror. There's this freaking downloadable bonus track I didn't know about. Some oh, man, I don't. Ha- I do not have it on my. look
0: wow where do do you find this right in the middle where the hell is it i don't know
1: okay i'll 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 find it it. i haven't heard mirror on youtube this this mysterious this mysterious downloadable bonus track you know what's really nice is that uh even though it's a double album it doesn't feel too long Mm. thankfully
0: this album the pacing is so good yeah it's so good
1: Yeah, uh, Midnight City is definitely one of those tracks that I could I I still listen to. I can't even I I just I can't believe it's been it's been that long. 2011. Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, but I still listen to it. I still love it. I still like like it's one that's really hit me. There's so many good tracks on here, and they're all it's divided up really nicely in that there's the there's the sort of staple tracks, and then there's like a lot of like transitional like short interlude tracks, uh, kind of scattered all throughout, breaking breaking it up pretty nicely. Uh, it really helps with the pace of things. Reunion. like We were making a lot of Moby comparisons earlier, mm-hmm. but Reunion, to me, sounds like the Unforgettable Fire era U2. Hands down. Easy. Easy. Yeah, okay, just, just the way that the, the guitar is produced. like It's just got and this, that echoey jangliness to it. I, just, just, uh, I was the, like, ooh.
0: The bass and the drum, the way that they they, they punch in, uh, against the melody of the guitar? Oh, yeah, very, very much so. You could squeeze this on the Unforgettable Fire EP, easy. And uh, But then it'd be like, who's singing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, if Bono sang, then this would be ha- easy a U2 track. There would be no question. you would be like, yeah.
1: Actually, you know, Bono doing this vo- vocals of it would be pretty... It would actually make it pretty different, though. Mm. Like, they, like, Anthony's got this interesting, like... Um, just his his delivery is very unique to him. He's not
0: restrained in any way. For, no, 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 he 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 belts.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the album I feel its biggest stumble and I think that some people will probably take issue with this cuz I think it's a pretty well liked track. Um and you might even disagree. Uh, wait. I think wait is um it really kills the pacing of the album. And I don't like hate it. I th- I can certainly I can definitely see like it's got a really nice like it's a, it's a slow build-up song, and normally I actually really like those. Uh, but it's, it yeah, starts off so quiet, and then it becomes so big by the end. But something about it doesn't work for me. I think um, it's
0: the vocals. The way he's uh, he's punching the vocals so strong so early, I think it has a strange disconnect. I'm not overly fond of the song either. It just sounds like he's he's like giving too much in that the music starts restrained. I think he should start restrained as well.
1: Okay, cool. It's not just me, but it's, it's, he even he must like it a lot because it's even one of the singles. And uh, there's a nice like trilogy of music videos starting with Midnight City mm-hmm. Reunion and then Wait, and this is the way is sort of the the epic conclusion, <clears throat> although, in my opinion the weaker of the music videos as well. Oh, yeah, I mean... It just gets a little too psychedelic and a little too, like, Space Odyssey.
0: Well, 100%, it reuses footage from Space Odyssey when he's going through the... I, when he's going through the, uh, the 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 vortex and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, you're it's, right. it's, it's exactly it's, it's basically
1: homage to that. So. Yeah,
0: and I, um, I you know I, I switch me because like the first two were just, was like the first two music videos were like Stranger Things. Yeah, before Stranger Things, though. So. Well, yes, years before Stranger Things, but it was but they're very much like Stranger Things. Yeah, sort of uh,
1: often compared to Village of the Damned or something like that, or. Something along those lines, yeah. you
0: know, where you got you got kids who are running from the government and they have gifts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third video just goes off the rails where there's a cataclysm that devastates the world and the evil kid is, is now immortal and she becomes lord of the earth while one of the other kids travels forth through time. And she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. And, and look at the spacing between the singles. It was a year and a half between Midnight City coming out and Wait coming out. Can you imagine? You're just like finally, at the end of the. And you watch that, you're just like, "What the hell was that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I waited.
1: Meanwhile,
0: I waited eighteen months for this."
1: <laughs> meanwhile, uh, like reunion felt like a great follow-up. Reunion was perfect. It was yeah, perfect. Like, uh, yeah. uh, so it's a, it's a shame. You know, it's it's uh, hard to hard to land that final act. I guess. You know? yeah. <laughs> Claudia Lewis is terrific. I love Claudia Lewis. You know why? The, the bass is, is <laughs> that bass is ridiculous <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, oh it's so good are you kidding me oh man and uh let's see the other part other the, the second half of the album i feel is not quite as good but still pretty good steve mcqueen's really solid steve mcqueen was one of the singles and it has a mm-hmm. music video not related to the trilogy Hmm. outro is a phenomenal way to finish the track uh, he didn't finish it off with a long song this time. It, it was, was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it but it felt like it accomplished just as much, just because it was. It, this is this is the sort of like build up track that we needed from Wait. Is that outro is exactly what we want? Uh, I'm I'm all for that. And apparently, there was not a single it it charted because it was used in. It was used in some soundtracks. I I know it was it was in the, apparently the trailer for Cloud Atlas, which in my head Cloud Atlas came out before. This, but then I look at the dates. And I'm like, no, it it didn't. <laughs> it, it didn't come and out. Time's weird. Time is weird like that. Perception of time. Like yeah, there's there's tons of like really, uh, great tracks and uh and the filler like no, uh, I shouldn't say filler because that's not the right word. Uh, the smaller like musical interludes all have a little something to contribute. I uh, I really do like this. uh I really do like this album. It's it's cool that it's a commercial breakthrough for him. But it did not feel like he had to compromise anything mm. to get that commercial breakthrough. It just seemed like people were starting to catch on, and again, having a how this is the importance of a, an opening single that is super solid, and and in this age, this day and age of the internet, have a good music video, have a like a great music video because that oh that that panning out of them with all their glowing eyes when the saxophone's blaring, it's like whoo that is. That is beautiful. <laughs> I always
0: have the same reaction with um, at the end of reunion when the song's actually over and it's actually over the, the end credits. It's playing where the boats go. That I, I actually have that that very
1: visceral reaction. Yeah, a hearty recommendation. I think that it's um, it's uh, definitely uh, for such a big commercial hit from uh, 20, 2011. 20- yeah, I think it's 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 a it's a really good breakout breakout release. Even though in my in my heart, his breakout release will always be before the dawn heals us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, that's just that was my starting point. But this is it's always great to see an artist evolve, and uh, this is definitely like with all the the shorter tracks and stuff like that. It definitely takes a lot of notes from before the dawn heals us, mm-hmm. but it applies them in such a different way.
0: Midnight City. I can't believe no one talks about this. Does the music not remind you of the Forest Temple? It has, um, it has sort of like a panpipe sort of, uh, but a strange sort of spooky, ethereal panpipe flute uh, repeating melody that the Midnight City reminds me of.
1: So, okay. See, I, I heard Midnight City as the natural evolution of Kim and Jesse. Yeah, as uh, it was very reminiscent. But with the saxophone solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Truthfully, I've always liked Reunion better than Midnight nice City.
1: No, you know what? No shame on that. Reunion yeah. is terrific. Reunion is top notch. All right, good, good,
0: Again, we already talked about weights. Raconte moi une histoire, which translates to tell me a
1: story. Histoire? Is, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, uh, histoire? Is, I, 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 histoire? What did I say? Histoire? <laughs> oh, so it's probably histoire.
0: Yeah. That's the one where the kid narrates and stuff. Oh, man, um, yeah, no, that brings cool. a lot of levity and, and joy yeah, into that's, the album. It's like,
1: we can all play, we can all play frogs. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, whatever. yeah. And, and it's, it, it brings it a didn't. smile to my face. That's true. It, it, is, was, it is a nice track. It's a I, really nice track. I often track. forget about it. Uh, but once I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a track.
0: Be honest, Doug. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when I say Claudia Lewis? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the basically <is> ridiculous.
0: <laughs> 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 Splendor, what an interesting song. It's a half and half song for me because the verses are very dull, but it has a very fascinating chorus with, with a choir. It kind of sounds a bit like Christmas eerie. It sounds like a, a closing song in a soundtrack. Yeah, Splendor's a weird one for me. Cause I'm just like, yawn. Oh, that's interesting. And yawn.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 not uh, it's not the highlight of the <laughs> album. It's int- it, But yeah, you know, it's got some. I, yeah. But what I'm listening to, it, I'm never usually bothered by
0: it. It's just no, a, no. no. And again, it has. Uh, I'm half and half on it, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I I
1: don't the course very fascinating. The and sec- also the as it progresses, there's a cool synth part where it goes doo, 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 which all, kind of reminds me of. Um, I can't think of what it reminds me of, but it reminds me of something. Okay. It's yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, the second half is easily overlooked because almost all the singles <laughs> are in the first half, uh, with the exception of Steve McQueen. Uh, the video was a, is about a boy and he's outside in his backyard and he's playing and he's and as he's and the toys and the things are, are also coming to life. So he's almost like he's almost like uh, orchestrating. A scenario but it's, it's, it's so much fun it's 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 not like a dark track it's just fun and the video really echoes that but it shouldn't be overlooked though because the second half has some really really good moments in it as well mm-hmm. and it really caps this album off well there was a reason this is a double album in that uh, the second half is uh, even though it's just as long if uh very similar uh, just a less men not a even couple, too yeah, minutes shorter yeah. There's a lot of good stuff going on on the, second, on the second half, but it's so easy to overlook because the first half... I mean, not only are most of the singles on the first half, they're on the first half of the first half. Mm-hmm. I like this album quite a bit. Quite a bit. It's super consistent start to finish. Even outro doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's a great song. There's a couple snoozer tracks, yep, and plenty of instrumentals or near instrumentals. Uh, it's joyful, it's sad, it's energetic, it's fun, it's introspective. The high points aren't quite as high as Saturdays Equals Youth but pretty damn close.
1: Did you listen to You and the Night, the two 2014? It's a soundtrack album.
0: No, he's done quite a few soundtrack albums, yeah. but I was going to mention, I mean, at, at this point, this like like there's no, no pretense here. Dude is doing soundtracks. He's, yeah, he's yeah. contributing to soundtracks. He's doing soundtracks, uh, a lot of them for his brother, but not just for his brother. Uh, one,
1: well, he did Oblivion, which is a, probably the biggest one. That's
0: the one I was, I was going to talk about. Was that 2013?
1: Yeah, 2013. Jesus, I
0: can't believe it. Uh, I've only seen the movie once. Oblivion, if you haven't seen it, it is a good movie. But do not watch the trailers. Yeah, yeah. The trailers ruin it. And secondly, and unfortunately, um, it took a lot of cues from Moon, which I thought
1: was a far better movie. Yeah. I can't
0: protect you. They won't stop till
1: they find me. If you're looking for the
0: truth, that's where you'll find it. You need to know what happened.
1: Why aren't you telling me? Who are you? Jack, mission is ordering you to stand down.
0: I'm not going to do that. This is the only way. But that being said, I enjoyed Oblivion and it was the same director as Tron Legacy um okay and visually oblivion is astounding it looks great
1: that's the that's that director's kind of um that's that's his strong point he's a really good visual director he's Mm -hmm. got a really good visual eye i think sometimes he's a little the needs to maybe demand a little bit stronger script. sometimes i feel like tron legacy was so close to being really good but it just there's some story stuff that didn't work but uh, that is for another podcast, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this one I listened to just once, You and yeah. the Night. Um, and it's it's nice. It's It sounds like m 3 doing a soundtrack.
0: Yeah. yeah. That, that's it's, overall uh, my impression of the Oblivion soundtrack as well, is on the whole, with the exception of the title track, Oblivion, yeah. which was a huge single and sounds great. I think her name was Susan it. Yeah,
1: yeah. She also does a song in, uh, in Junk as yeah. well. Yeah. Susan Sunfar. 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 Sunfar? Sun, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. U or not you, uh, That O at the end with the line through it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's got a great voice, but the song actually, ah, uh, to be
0: honest, it reminds me. It has flavors of Delirium, but also Roy when Roy okay. and Robin teamed up.
1: Oh, I, me, oh, yeah, Well, that's yeah, good company being yeah, that a nice, me. Yeah, nice, nice it reminds me of that. Nice Remind, collaboration.
0: Oblivion is a great song,
1: and the soundtrack is, is a fairly yeah. good, fairly the, good song. He also did a song for Insurgent, a Shailene Woodley movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty good. But yeah, some of the soundtrack stuff that he does kind of sounds like it's kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Uh, I find that he puts... I, 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 he's definitely putting work into it, but I feel like when... He's stronger when it's his own vision for his own album, mm. and like yeah, like his soundtrack stuff works great as soundtrack stuff. It's 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 if you're scoring a movie, you have a job to do, and he does it, he does it well. But but I'm more interested in M83 as, as, as when he's releasing albums.
0: Around this point, Morgan Kirby left. She was a very consistent female vocalist. Uh, very consistent and very very talented. But she, she wanted to continue her own career. Uh, there's some solo stuff and there's also uh, she's the frontman for White Sea, which is fine. You know, you can't, you can't you can't begrudge her for wanting to wanting to go and pursue some other can't stuff. Do her own thing. The next album, April eighth, two twenty sixteen. Oh, not 2016. Another April. <laughs> yeah, another April one. Junk. It was was released on Mutant Naive again. It was produced by Gonzalez and Meldel Johnson again. Uh, and this time it had contributions, sunrise contributions, uh, from uh, principally my Lan, who's a French-Vietnamese singer. Mm-hmm. And actually there's a track with a track, uh, co-written and co-performed with Beck. Later it's like time wind. The current lineup now includes, uh, again, Loic Marin on percussion, Kayla Sinclair on keys and backup vocals. And by the way, she's gorgeous. I have a huge crush on Kayla Sinclair. Joe Barry on sax, getting way more sax, and Brielle, who is a vocalist, does some contributions as well, and tons of other people and relate to the production the sound. Like so many, so many hands, so many hands in this pot. This was the tour that I went to see with our brother Nate.
1: I ha- I have to tell, I have to get this out of my. Uh... Do it, try it. So I've been I've been wanting to see M eighty three live for ages, and I was wanting to go to the Hurry Up Dreaming tour. But uh, I couldn't get anyone on board, and so I'm like, well, whatever. I'm just gonna buy. I'm just gonna go buy tickets regardless. By that point in time, sold out. I'm like, next time, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. Nothing's gonna stop me. So when junk comes around, M83 is coming back to Vancouver. I buy those tickets months in advance. Later on, I take a voice acting class, and then, much to my chagrin, the class and and, and you know, it's, it was a fair bit of money per class. The class is on the same night as the M83 concert. And uh, I had to make a choice, and I, I chose the class um, because uh, it was just it was an important one, and, and uh, we we're doing a lot of recording. And I'm like, well, it's my future. So this stuff I'm I'm, pay- I'm paying for this, I need to I need to commit to it. And I gave my uh, ticket to Nate, my brother. So yeah, they went they went without me. My little heart, my my poor little heart. Next time, <laughs> next time I'm going an M83 yeah. live in concert. I would hands down to see them again. Hands down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just can't. Ugh. I've been wanting to see them all decade. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I just I just drives me up, up the wall. I, I, really, oh, I really wish I went. I really do. Anyway, you and Nate were saying it was a phenomenal show. It was a great show. They had all these these lights. They were like giant fluorescent
0: tubes, but I don't think they were fluorescent. Like they would do multicolors and they'd go on um, mm-hmm. patterns and um, was anyone dressed like Teen Wolf? No, no. <laughs> I sent Doug a uh, a video where they perform on Jimmy Kimmel. They did quite a few songs to Jimmy Kimmel. And for some reason, Gontales decided that that was the night he was going to be Team Wolf. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, do I understand it? No. But,
0: he, uh, no. All right.
1: you know, but why not? He, he actually, he he sports it pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah.
1: very, very convincing. Yeah, I, I, th- I would have thought, like, hey, here's Michael J. Fox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about junk?
1: Um, this one is a little bit, I have an odd relationship with it, let's say. When I first listened to it, I was very confused. Um, well, first of all, actually, I, I should say that the first thing that happened was I listened to Do It, Try It, when that was, when the album was announced. It was on his YouTube uh, page. hmm And I'm like, when it first started, I was like, Do it, try it. And it sounds really goofy. I'm like, oh, I wonder if m three is going off the rails. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. But then there is a point where the song, like, I think it's when it just, it when it decides it wants to explode. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, okay, I'm getting it. I got gotcha. you. And then I was on board for the song. It is a weird start. It is a weird start for sure. And it's growing on me. Like I, I, I will never skip. Do it. Try it now. Go is also a great track. line, I think her her voice, her performance really fits m 83's music. But yeah, this song this, this album is going for a very nostalgic sort of like I'm not commercial as in like it is trying to be a pop album but commercial as in like reminiscent of actual like commercials that you'd see on TV. Yeah. And like and like jingles and like Yeah. starting sequences to like shows like there's a song on here, Moon Crystal is where it really kicks in.
0: Seventies <laughs> incidental music, kind of like how Air occasionally tinkers with that sort of uh, that sort yeah. of domain.
1: So but very, it could have been on an infomercial, like a real departure from what you'd expect from MD3. There's it, so it kind of starts off with sort of some familiar MD3 beats with the first few tracks, but yeah, Moon Crystals where it goes like full commitment into this new sound and like if if it was a song by Whitetown, it would have been themed to <laughs> like a sitcom about a family where the parents don't get the kid or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, just, just something like that. I don't dislike it. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, I have this weird thing where I, I kind of wish that I got like another, another like next, like hurry up or dreaming or uh, Saturday Equals youth. But this album isn't that. And it's not trying to be that. It's trying to be its own thing. And, and occasionally it sounds like M83. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, I, so for a while I listened to it like a, when I first got it a couple times and then it sat on my shelf for the longest time and I never I didn't come back to it until I think I came back to it once and then in preparation for this podcast I gave it a spin a couple more times and I think I'm starting to get it and I think I'm starting to really kind of appreciate what it has to offer but it doesn't have the same emotional kind of resonance as as a lot of the previous albums do but it does. You know what though? Here's what it does have. It has BB the dog, <laughs> and BB the dog is a cool track. And I just want like that is a track you can groove to. Oh, uh, walking <laughs> down the street, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm, and so, like, if if nothing else, that song is worth the price of admission. So I think it's a fascinating listen through. And definitely an exploration of uh, almost like almost like you're getting to know Anthony Gonzalez's childhood a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I I appreciate it. I don't know how much I love it. Um, it's it's definitely weird. It's definitely a big change. But you know what? I don't think there's anything on there that I really dislike either. There's not. There's no detraction. I'm like, oh, this is where it really stumbles. It's just sort of like, oh, this is a change of pace. This is odd. Okay, <laughs> um, and that's. And that's about it. But you know, again. B.B. the dog, man. BB the dog. Man, <laughs> you've covered a lot for what I want to say. Road Blaster?
0: Sounds like a great a great eighties cop show. Um,
1: <laughs> Road Blaster.
0: Da 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 You know what? Oh man, I probably listened to this album the most, but parts of it the most. hmm <sighs> I like this album a lot. <sighs> And I've listened to individual tracks a ton. But I don't love the album. Because sometimes it just grinds to a halt. For the kids, Solitude and The Wizard," what happens? About half halfway, third of the way through the album. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, now Solitude, I will give a bit of levity to. Because at the end it's got an orchestral sort of build up and a big, a big finish and stuff. But then it just goes right back down into The Wizard again. Having those three tracks, bing, 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 right there. Oh my God! I usually wind up skipping from Moon Crystal right into Laser Gun. Laser Gun, by the way, is a great song. I love Laser Gun. Do it, try it, go. Walkway Blue, B.B. the Dog, Laser Gun, Road Blaster, uh, Time Winds. Those are great songs. Holy cow! Those are great songs. Yeah. However, Sunday Night, 1987. Thank God it's not long, But man, what a snooze! What
1: a snooze! Oh you're right. Yeah, the you know what that's true is that I I the the it does kind of drop the ball at the end of the Yeah. Yeah, it, m 83
0: has legitimate problems with closing tracks. Not always,
1: but more often than not in yeah. my humble opinion. I'd say 50-50 maybe. Yeah. Uh, when they when they nail it, they nail it pretty good like sure. an is outro. good. Outro's probably um, the best. <laughs> yeah. I I also well I mean I I like the Lower is eyelids. Lower eyelids yeah. a lot better than you do but um but also, but also, you know that. Uh, off the, oh, opening! That's that's unbeatable. Um,
0: <laughs> the pacing's just not great. That's the big flaw to this album. The pacing. What happened? Oh God! Now I like the retro prop direction that me 3 went with this album, but at this at this point, I expect a more consistent album from it. I, I just I expect something more and more consistent. What's the Fry guys? Yeah, I don't get that. No, no. <laughs> Do you want to hear the set list from their concert? Uh, it was October 24th, uh, 2016. Uh, I might get upset,
1: but for sure. <laughs> okay, their
0: opening act was Tennyson. Took me ages to find this. I posted this like that day on the Music A page. They did uh, Reunion, Do It, Tribes. Oh, that would have
1: been a great opening track. Oh, it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Steve McQueen, Wheel in the Sky, Intro, interesting enough, Walkaway Blues, OK Pal. Road Blaster, mm-hmm. sitting. So they're sitting. Right, right, smack down in the middle. Then wait. He loves this one. Then Oblivion. Nate was shocked that he played Oblivion. He didn't think he'd play Oblivion, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. BB the dog, go. Midnight City, Echoes oh, man, of they Mine. Play, play
1: BB the dog. You can. that's oh, yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> Which album was Echoes of Mine off of? Which one? Echoes of Mine.
1: Oh, it's right. In, oh, it's just hidden right there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And
0: then outro, and then for the encore, laser gun. Colors and lower your eyes, eyelids to die with the sun.
1: Oh, that's a nice way to close yeah. off the,
0: uh, the set. And we saw, we went to the Vogue Theater, and uh, we had a grand old time. Next
1: time, MMT three, I'm there. Didn't play Teen next. No. All right. Next time, MMT three. I'm um, Anthony. Let me let me get let me get personal with you, Anthony. You you please come to Vancouver again, and when you do, I'm gonna need you to play T next. <laughs> just gonna I'm just gonna need you to. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well,
0: uh, okay. So I think he's he's almost due for a new album given the given the, uh, the yeah, time yeah, releases true, true. between albums. I think he's about due. I think so. Anyways, let's do some track recommendations. Sure.
1: You know, this is actually pretty pretty tough. I'm not gonna lie, because there's so many tracks that I genuinely genuinely love by M83. Uh, picking three is tough. Okay, I'm gonna try and represent it. the different. Um, try it. <laughs> I'm gonna try and represent the different eras. Let's say uh, I'm gonna go with Kelly off of the first album M83 because um, you know it's it's just a really good sample of that really raw electronic stuff that is going for. Like there's this robotic voice kind of uh, just just saying stuff, and then there's this really like harsh like heavy beat electronic stuff going on in the background. A very interesting contrast and um really n- nicely i don't know just it just really captures that that sort of that really harsh sound they're going for at that time fully fully approved from uh oh from before the dawn heals us how how do i pick one i'm gonna go with a song that probably made me that probably started me down this m83 rabbit hole the one that kind of kicked it off which is teen angst um, I just love the harsh synthesizers in the beginning, just the way that the the, the sounds almost like are layered perfectly, but also kind of contradict each other. Um, and also then there's that sort of choirish voice, and it just it just captures this really this sort of weird desperation and, and is sort of haunting and exciting at the same time. It's it's such a really cool track, um, and I just. I I do love it. I really do love it. Oh oh man, what am I gonna do here? I don't know. I'm gonna go with Claudia Lewis. Nice. Do you know why? (laughs) 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 Oh yeah, Dusty, you gotta put that some of that uh, some of that bass in there right now. You gotta know you gotta know what you're getting into, and that is uh, just this really cool, awesome, like exciting uh, track. uh, Like with the also, like near the end, where it goes, oh, I was like, "Oh, sounds so good." Just Claudia Lewis, like, doesn't miss a beat. Like, it's just there's it nothing, nothing to not like. If you don't like Claudia Lewis, like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> 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 like, what, like, what's wrong with you? Um, yeah, I love it. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, but I, I feel like. I feel kind of terrible that I'm leaving, like I haven't picked anything from Saturday Eagles Youth, but I guess that's How where, can you not? I don't know, like that's the thing, it's like there's too many, there's, every, every album has like a killer track that you just gotta listen to, oh damn, maybe I should, should can I just throw one in there, yeah, oh, go alright, alright, All okay. right. you know Kim and Jesse, and I was shocked you didn't include that one. You know, I, the moment I didn't say it, I felt it was wrong. <laughs> that is why I had to throw it next. Kim and Jesse, I actually had it in my list of 100 favorite songs. Although, you know, uh, I only I kind of didn't say Midnight City because it was like, everyone's heard it, I'm sure. But sure. Um, Kim and Jesse is sort of like, it's a nice precursor to that. Uh, it sort of uh, sets the stage. It, and it is a great... Um, just, uh, I mean, I already spoke about it earlier. Like, just, but it really does have this exciting, epic feel to it, and um, and and there is an emotional core as well. There's, there's something, there's something deeper going on, and that's the cool thing about M83, is that for all the cool production and all of like the the nice beats and that and the the exciting stuff that happens in the songs, there is this cool emotional element. That elevates the material, and uh, and I think that's exemplified in all the tracks that I that I recommend here. So check them out. I'm not messing around. I also freaking listen to BB the Doc. You just put in five? No, no, no. I just that's fine. You take it away. Take it away. <laughs> God damn it.
0: Um, <laughs> it. Takes time. From for the dawn heals is car chase terror. We are already spoke at great length as to what makes the song work, and it's, it's the individual elements it's the background sound of the road. it's the frantic nature of the voice of the actress I guess she's playing both mother and daughter which is, is in a way uh, almost um, almost a bit unsettling because it's just like it's dangerous. You, you can read it you can read into that but it's it's an interesting and unsettling thing because then you can also not tell who's saying what as well so it's it's kind of hard to keep track of there's the the frantic music Then all in all is the atmosphere it's this palpable terror and uh what a masterpiece what an
1: absolute success
0: in conveying what he wanted to that's
1: that song I just gotta like it makes me really emotional like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta Hear it and believe it. It's so good. Uh, my favorite song from M83, "Off Saturdays
0: Equals Youth Couleurs." And so here's here's the skinny on this: is that it's it, theoretically it's one of the songs you could play if you got those loops. You know, so one person could play a song because they just, it oh, yeah, start, yeah. start uh aligning instruments and they're playing one instrument and then they keep that on loop and they just let the recording play and then they play on top of it and then they play on top of it. Theoretically, you could you could you could do that, but the individual elements, even though they're all being repeated, are so interesting. There is so much going on. And you can hear as all these instruments come in and build and build and build, percussion, guitar, bass, a million and a half different like, synth loops. And then it kind of scales back into just a few loops and then down into like one or two basic uh, guitar and percussion. And then it builds up again. But this, the second go, though, includes three vocal loops as well so he's employing vocals as instrumental loops and and it's subtle mm-hmm. he keeps it on the back burner because it's it's meant to be an instrumental so the vocals don't take prominence they are being treated like instruments and stuff fascinating fascinating song and it ends with this spirit kind of cold electronic wind and stuff great song love it love to love you baby yeah Good. Uh from "Hurry Up, We're Dreaming," I'm gonna take "Reunion." Uh, ben, dan,
1: dan. <laughs> what a great, what a great way to start a song. We're oh yeah! Like, boom! Right there. And
0: then the chorus is is so high energy. Great opening, great chorus. It's it's a it's a more of a stripped down verse structure where it's just kind of him and the guitar, but then the percussion kicks in with that chorus, and then just uh, and it's 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 mostly just him harmonizing with the, with the instruments. And then about uh, I want to say two thirds through the song. Then there's a, a female vocalist who's just kind of narrating over it as well. And and then a great closing. And then it's just it's a phenomenal track. It's just, it's just great track. It's fantastic. And then from Junk, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, go. Downbeat verses and then a build up with that guitar. The guitar is saying, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. The guitar is pulling you along, like you're on a cable, into that phenomenal course with my line. I mean, it's, it's hard to not get into, get into, uh, into go. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh listen to it. Listen to all of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we did talk about M83 for almost two hours. So no, no, I, I mean two hours by the end of it. No, not sure.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Whew. Dear me. Jeremy, that was really cool. something.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, next week, we teased months ago. Uh, we did an episode on Joy Division. Yes. And but the story didn't end with uh, Ian Curtis's suicide. It could have ended, but it didn't end. And we're going to pick up that story next time with New Order. I started the New Order
1: research, actually, as soon as we finished the Joy Division. Well, then I got a lot of catching up to do.
0: Uh, I've I've got holes in it. I haven't been doing the note taking and stuff, but uh, I've been absorbing New Order.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be exciting. Same here. Yeah, but what about you, dear listener? What do you think of What do you think of M83? What do you think of New Order? What do you think of Lydia? What do you think of What do you think of any of the bands or artists that we've covered on this show? There's a few ways in getting a hold of us. The first is through our website, musicaidzpodcast Go there, check it out. You can see the show notes. Find all the ways of contacting us, read up more about us, etc., 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 Or you know what? You can just scope us out on iTunes or Stitcher. We're on Stitcher as well. Just look for Music to z Podcast. In iTunes, if you could do me a favor and rate and review the show, just go to the podcast section. It takes all of three minutes. I know you're listening to this on your headphones while you're on the subway or whatever, but when you have the opportunity, man, would it help if you rate and review the show because that way it can spread the words to other people who are interested in this type of content. For sure. For sure. We also have a Facebook page, Music to z Podcast. Join us with the conversation. Videos and stuff there occasionally. And uh, you can take a look at the, the pictures from my uh, when Nate and I went to the M83 concerts. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Doug. The videos aren't there, which means I delayed the videos without having backups of them. It's too bad. It's too bad. I also have a, a Twitter account at MusicAZ Podcast, at MusicAZ Podcast where you can go and tweet up a storm to me and check out our tweets whenever we do go to concerts. I'm going to the Metric concert in April. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so I will probably be live-tweeting through that show as well. Stay tuned,
1: April 2019. Great. You can find me, DougJCFerguson.com, but that has not been updated in probably 19 years. But uh, go to YouTube, Moving Underscore Pictures. Uh, Check out Beast Wars Wednesday or uh, any of our movie reviews or... Game reviews and stuff like that. I'm always I'm always hard at work getting that YouTube page up and going, so please check me out. Uh, I, I, I slave away for hours just for you. That's
0: very kind, Doug. Of. Yeah, yeah.
1: Check it out. Cool. Anything else, Captain? No. Cool.
0: I'm going to close this out by saying Music 80Z Podcast is hosted by Stephen and Doug Ferguson and is produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other works at DougJCFerguson.com and StephenJCFerguson.ca.